I sent him a text. He just didn't get back to me, but the dog was, I'd already handed it off to the cops by that time. I can't believe you called the, the equivalent of the dog police. Well, it in, in my town, it's the real police too. It's not just the uh, dog police. Animal control is also, they, they also dispatch 911. Yeah. Oh my God. Like, what uh, if you just I, had a possum hauling ass across the yard? I don't know. And... I hope they have somebody, like, specialized to go do it. Because it was, uh, I called the animal control number, and uh, she said, uh, it's the police department. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry, I was trying to call animal control. And she's like, oh, no, we do that, too. I was like, all right, y'all y'all do you then. So uh, That's where yeah. your taxes go. Yeah, the, yeah uh, they they're uh they're they cut forces. They cut no, they cut costs and just routed the the animal control line just to the nine one one line. And they're like, <laughs> all right, hey guys, guess what? You're uh you're on animal control to control duties too. It's but you have people control and animal control. Well, I think they had uh I think they had they have cops that like enjoy the animal part of it because the people who showed up were like, oh look at the dog and all that. So. I think they enjoyed that part of their job. Yeah, you're seeing the cute part, but like if there's like a rogue <laughs> possum in someone's house, that's true. Or, uh, God forbid, you know, a snake or something, and <laughs> they got to roll up heavy to go deal with this thing. Do you remember uh, back when we were in college where the big deal was, hey, somebody lost a 21 foot uh, python or something in uh, one of the neighborhoods of our, our town? Yeah, do I you missed remember that. that. Nope. It was, uh, but I do I, remember like people freaking out in the dorms whenever you see a possum scoot across the courtyard. Yeah, I mean that was uh, you could always tell who's not from Mississippi at that point. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say it seems kind of odd to you know folks who are currently living in Mississippi to like check up at critters, but now no, the 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 snake was it was somebody's pet and it was twenty one feet long and just kind of disappeared. And they couldn't find it, and it was a big news story, and they found it uh, dead in the sewer. Uh, what the hell? No, I don't remember I don't, any I of it. I can't believe you don't remember that. No. That was like that, 20, 2018? Uh, honestly, it sounds like a Florida thing. It was all, uh, It was around, I can't remember the name of the street, but it was like the Caddy Corner uh, Road where the middle school was at the end of it. It's one of those houses. Okay, yeah. But anyway, yeah, snake talk. <laughs> I really didn't think we'd get there, but uh, you know uh, what? Also, why are you wearing a uh, Nashville sash? Oh, uh, because uh, they're playing in the Open Cup right now. I got it on my other screen, and they're wow. Losing way, to- way to be like committed to the game. <laughs> they're losing to my. What this is? A I'm actually watching. Podcast. I'm actually watching Netflix over here. Oh, good. Um, yeah, no, I'm, just- I'm barely paying attention to you. <laughs> I'm score watching because uh, I've been working all freaking day. I was working up until about uh 6 30 and then at 6 30 is like shoot i have not finished what i was needed to prepare for tonight so i did that and uh got my kids in bed and then finally i was like okay now we can breathe what time is it oh shoot i'm late it was already mm-hmm. past recording time so yeah and i i still won't forgive you my time is very valuable i know i know i apologize also are you drinking a beer i am drinking a beer so that honestly, it's the first time I've seen you drink a beer in years. Oh, really? Yeah. I start to drink more beer during the summer. Weird. Yeah, uh, uh, I've gotten more of a taste for it. I mean, not anything dark 
it's yeah. typically the light light beers. But uh, I'm actually going on a bachelor party this weekend, and it's going to be a lot of breweries. Oh, fun! Oh, yeah, I, I hate breweries. Um, it's going to be a non-typical bachelor party. <laughs> it, it's going to be like hiking, and you're going to be like, there actually tasting the beers. Yeah, and <laughs> for a man who has not yet really defined, like refined, gotten that refined taste for beer, like most like <laughs> mid to late twenties white guys. Like where you're like at mid to late twenties, white guys get into three things. They either get in like super into beer to the point where they like, start brewing their own. Um, they get super into like cooking um, and they get like, so like smoking and what have you. Yeah. Uh, or they get super into whiskey. Yeah. I'm, I'm super into the whiskey as much as my budget can allow. I can't, but I mean, it doesn't allow for much. I love the whiskey, but I'm, I'm, when it's summer and it's hot, I just want beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I I've been to so many guys' houses and they're like, "Oh, check out my bar," and I'm like, "All right, cool." Yeah, that's a that's an array of bottles, certainly. <laughs> and um, and then it's like, uh, man, you got to try this. You know, it's like 20 years. You can really taste the oak. And I'm like, man, this this shit is wasted on me. Like, <laughs> I just I, I got can, nothing. I can get those different tastes in the in the whiskeys. I, I, I don't drink alcohol for it, for its taste. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm going straight for the effects. Yeah. Yeah. Well, are we recording? We are recording. Oh man. We've been recording for five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got, I got feedback from my wife that she liked the, the Joe Rogan-esque, uh, just cut in the, the, the fun and easy banter beforehand. <laughs> yes. Yeah. This is, this is the fun and easy banter segment. Yeah. It really is kind Thanks of a grab bag on what we talk about on the front end. Yeah. Honestly, it's mainly soccer, but today got. Yeah. yeah well, really so- soccer season's ending for Europe. So, and Chelsea's just terrible. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Um, I've been, uh, I've been talking to one of my buddies who's getting really into soccer. Uh, and he's from Miami. So he's been trying to watch enter Miami play, but they're just terrible too. Mm-hmm. He said, Colby, I don't know how you watch MLS. And I was sitting there, like, I don't know. Nashville's pretty good. I enjoy watching Atlanta and there's some good teams in MLS. And then I was watching Chelsea play uh, this last weekend against Man City. <laughs> there was one, one goal. The first goal Man City scored, the announcer paused for like three seconds and he went, well, I, I just don't know what to say about that goal other than Chelsea are just really bad. I was like, I've never heard an announcer talk like that. And I was like, oh, that's why I can enjoy MLS is because I'm used to watching terrible soccer when Chelsea's playing. Yeah, and it's like, I know, honestly, what what can you say about Chelsea now? It's just like everyone, it's like, dude, if we get a draw, it's like, you know what? They overperformed. You know what? <laughs> we scored it's, a goal. Great. It's, it's pandering at this point, but it's deserved. Like it's earned. Yeah. Like it, you know, t- this well, is, it's been a rough season. It's just a wash now. Yeah. Not going to be in we'll Europe, not going to be in uh, any, any European competitions next year. Like, yeah. And la- last time we did this where we dropped to like 12th, we came back and won the premier league the next season. I mean, that's the hope. Um, yeah. I'm Antonio not- Conte. Oh God. Yeah. And I still haven't seen an announcement on our head coach. I mean, it's Pochettino. It's supposed to be. I haven't seen an announcement yet. Oh, yeah. I guess I haven't seen an announcement. Yeah. Like they keep it's saying it for the past like three weeks, they said they're going to announce it this week and it hasn't come out. So who knows? Like maybe we'll Frank. just have Frank again. <laughs> God help us. <laughs> oh, super Frank Lampard. Yeah. 
And that's like, I mean, Everton is a game away from going down. And I think they're the only Premier League side that's never been relegated. And uh, like, that was all Frank. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's Frank. But like, and he failed up. He got to come to Chelsea, come back to Chelsea. And that's, that's the thing. It's like, he's going to collect a cool couple million and get out of there. But like, yeah, no, it's like, yeah, we can say, okay, we can come back and win. But like, we can also very easily get relegated if we don't get yeah, our shit together. That, that's true too. Yeah, and then then we're gonna have to. Lie. I mean, the good thing about the championship is that there's like a thousand games. Yeah, I think they play something like sixty games in the league season. Like yeah. it's absurd between the the uh, championship where they play forty six. Then they've got uh, the EFL Cup, the FA Cup. Do they play in the? Papa John's trophy or whatever. No, I think that's just, I didn't even know that was a thing. Why is Papa John's sponsoring a trophy in England? I think it's between the third and fourth division teams. I'm not real sure. It does. Papa John's have a presence Apparently. in the aisle in great Britain. Apparently. Like I think all the, the American chains do. That just seems so odd to me. I don't know why that strikes me weird. Uh, like, I don't know. I feel like Domino's would be okay, but it's like Papa John's. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Cause Papa John's, you also think more for me, I think more collegiate sports like college basketball, college football. Mm -hmm. So I'm sitting there thinking, okay, that that's a uniquely American thing. It wouldn't translate over to Britain. Yeah. But I mean, KFC is huge in Japan. So is it really? Yeah. Huh? The Colonel. Wow, that that's weird. Um, <laughs> that, yeah, I'm gonna have to now. I'm gonna have to get down a rabbit hole of like odd, uh, <laughs> odd franchises, the franchise locations. I think Subway's real big. No, no, not Subway. Uh, Pizza Hut is huge in Egypt. Really? Yeah. Uh, I don't know why. I mean, it, oh. Sure, it's not the Pizza Pyramid. Yeah, that's that's right. Mm-hmm. I, I was trying to think why I know all this, but it's because I have two degrees in marketing and yeah, mm-hmm. love all that branding that, stuff. That'll do it. I still mm-hmm. tell people that thing you told me about Home Depot. Home What'd Depot, you think and, about it? Home Depot and Target how they how they do the aisles mm-hmm. and the colors. Yeah, yeah. Target changed theirs though since we studied that. So the thing that Target had that was real cool uh, was their racetrack design was designed where it was red painted. At the top of the walls. And Racetrack was, design, like the livery of the store. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. That's what, that was the, the yeah, name how, of it was the racetrack design. The, the inside design, yeah. Yeah. So so uh, the tops were painted red so that you would get anxious and start moving and, and be drawn to move to the back of the store. Because then red, whatever you... Like slightly incre- increases your blood pressure. Yeah. Like viewing and, it. And that's get, why yeah. it's kind of like the color, it, color of blood. Right, so it gets it gets you moving. So then you're designed to walk straight to the back of the store. You walk in the doors, go straight to the back because you got that red. And then whenever you get to the back, that red comes out of your peripheral vision and you're in the gray area that calms you down and soothes you and you're focused in on purchasing everything. And you're you're safe in the places where the products are. Yeah, and then you just walk walk around and purchase everything. So, well, I mean, but they changed it, so I don't I don't really know now. It's I mean, Home Depot does it with the yeah. the orange outside, the mm-hmm. orange end caps, and then nothing in the middle. Yep. I mean, they certainly well. get enough of my money, Heck so it yeah. might work. I was there today and walked around for about 10 minutes. Feel good? 30 more dollars than I intended to. 
you feel but good? Yeah. Did you did you ask an intendant for something? Because you course, you, lo- you lose you lose a corner off your man card if you no, the whole, the new Home Depot app has got me perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where, I, where is this specific item? Aisle fifteen, bay three, perfect. Mm-hmm. So I picked up uh, some some Gorilla tape. I also picked up a uh uh what do you call it? Car inflate something to inflate my tires. What do you call that? Inflator. Yeah. A pump. The air compressor? Air pump. Air, yeah, air compressor. Yeah. So, that was nice. Anyway, you want to dive yeah. into this is tool Catholic talk? talk? <laughs> oh. Yeah, no, I think we did that last episode where I was like, I just bought a ladder. Like, <laughs> uh, God bless. Now, now mine's, a, I'm about to buy a house. Like, so, so it's really going to get, uh, honestly, the, the Home Depot's about to get a lot more of my money too. Well, good. All right, well, let's talk about what we're talking about today, which is uh, the church councils. And Church I, council, okay. Um, yeah. So the church councils are basically where we get our dogma and doctrine from. So if we're going, why do we believe what we believe? Well, if you go back to the Council of Constantinople and... Ah. Yeah, then they said they debated this topic. They talked about it. They prayed about it and they came up with this answer. And here's why. So that's, if you're looking at the catechism, if you're looking at, uh, canon law, you're going to find it linked back to a church council. So those are the authoritative moments where the church came together and said, this is what the church believes. And the Pope signed off on it and said, Hey, this is, this is it. Tell everybody. We're changing it up. Tell everybody we're changing it up. We're how many are playing this? So, so how many have there been? There have been twenty-one, and I that that number seems simultaneously higher and lower than I thought. Like, if you had told me a hundred, I'd been like, okay, like you know, once every what twenty years over the course of history, maybe small ones that we don't hear about because we hear we like know about like the Council of Trent. Um, the Vatican one, Vatican two, uh, council of Nicaea. That's what for, um, what Keep else? Keep naming. Let's see how far you can go. Okay. You got uh, Trent, two Vatican's you got Nicaea. Yeah. Um, honestly, it's going to be bad radio. I, I got nothing else. That's, <laughs> that's off the top of my head. Well, we'll go through them. I, I, I don't know how, uh, long this episode would last. We might have to break it out into two. Um, but I basically, I don't go into the whys of why they decided what they did. I go into, I'm, I'm going to talk about each church council. I'm going to say why they convened it, like what was going on around them that said, hey, we need a church council. Mm-hmm. And then also uh, what decisions were made. So we can. Like notable. Yeah. What what things that impact us today or impact the church at large that that was happened at the council. So Because I mean, we, these things, because councils go on for like an absurdly long time. Yeah, they go on for years. Yeah, like, so, I mean, if we want to talk, and I don't know how detailed their minutes are for that meeting. God forbid the secretary been waiting his whole life to, <laughs> like, get down. He's got to sit in front of a, a typewriter for years typing out notes. But, like, I'd imagine there's a lot of back and forth. And depending on that documentation, yeah, literally, you could make hours upon hours upon hours of, of oh, yeah, figuring all that out. There's, like, 21 documents went with Vatican II. 
Yeah, and something we, absurd. Like, and each document was like 15 pages. Something yeah, like and that. we're we're working, man. We ain't got, got time to do that. We yeah. just gotta we just gotta hit the high <laughs> points and move on. If like, there's something interesting, we can go d- deeper into it. But like, and, and if we get to a council and we're like, hang on, we need to talk more about what happened there. We can. If we're like, eh, uninteresting, we can move on from there. Uh, but when we're looking at the church councils, the first council uh, that it, it's not one of these 21 ecumenical councils. Uh, but the first council I did want to note is in 50 AD uh, in was the Council of Jerusalem. Okay, uh, so that was definitely like held in a basement. Well, that was held with St. Peter, and you read about it in Acts of the Apostles. And okay. uh, the reason it's not an ecumenical council is because it really just dealt with one aspect of the church, the local church there. And the big decision was, uh, do the Gentiles that are becoming Christian, do they have to get circumcised and do they have to abstain from eating pork? Mm. And uh, there was debate about it. Yep. Pretty, I imagine, uh, pretty, pretty hefty debate. (laughs) You want me to convert to Christianity, but also not enjoy bacon? Oh, no. I was sitting there thinking it's like, uh, (laughs) you want me to join and also cut off part of my penis? It's like, guys, it's not hazing. (laughs) <laughs> it makes you a part of the group. You know, it's the, it's the old, uh, yeah. You know, they just, you know, made you get a haircut. <laughs> what? I mean, and that partly is what it was. Cause, cause the, the Jewish Christians were sitting there going, okay, we had to do this. Why don't they have to do this? And they had to debate about it and figure out, okay, what actually was right. But that kind of game, we need these guys to like us. We gotta, <laughs> we gotta bond in suffering together. Because again, this is also like, you know, so much of that today is like with kids, but like these are grown men yeah, that you have to look in their eyeballs and say, hey, one of our beliefs, you got to get a little snip snip. <laughs> and there's no anesthetics. God, no. <laughs> no, it's just, it's just like rotten goat milk. Like, I don't know what kind of spirits they had at the time, but I promise you they weren't pleasant. Yeah, so that that one doesn't count as an ecumenical council because it was just involving that one little part, that one region. You could tell uh, they're Christian because they limp. Oh, God. <laughs> oh gosh! Hey, hey, just joined, huh? Yeah, yeah. That'll take about a month. Like, <laughs> just gonna shuffle for a little bit. Uh, so a council it becomes ecumenical, meaning the whole church comes together. Uh, when the Pope signs off of it and goes, yep, this is true, and makes it doctrine of the church. Mm-hmm. So there have also been little councils here and there that the Pope was like, eh, no. Uh, so that wouldn't make it non-ecumenical uh, because the church wasn't on board with it. The Pope has the final say on whether or not it's right or wrong. Oh, wow. Uh, so they can so- do all of that just to come up. I mean, it's kind of like the you know presidential veto. They can put all that language together and the end of the day, he'd be like, nah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So that, that, and that has happened. And what typically happens when that happens is they go, okay, we need a proper council to come in and figure this out. Ah. Yeah. So, so typically what through the research I've had is, okay, we had a council because there was some problem. Let's address the problem and find out with a good solution. And then the next council would be, okay, the solution was right, but we need to give them more detail because people are confused mm. or going to the extremes with it. And mm. it's just stacking that on top of that, on top of that, uh, 21 times over the last 2000 years, which, okay. Now that we say it, I mean, that is, seems like a low number. 
Yeah, it, it, it does seem like a low number. Yeah. Um, if you look, I mean, if you look at the church today, you're probably going, okay, we definitely need another council to address Vatican II because mm-hmm. there's that that biggest split in the church right now. And it's not too big, but you don't want it to get out of control is between those that are like, hey, uh, the Trinitine Latin mass is the only mass that we should be saying. And those that are like, actually, the Norvis Ordo, the new mass that came out of Vatican II uh, is proper and good. So that there's a split it, it, more colloquial named as the trad Catholics and the Norvis Ordo Catholics. Oh, is that, is that happening right now? Yeah, the, it's a divide right now between uh, there. There's heresies that say, uh, that Vatican II was not valid. Oh yeah. I think we talked about this. Well. Yeah. I think we talked about this like way, 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 way back. But, uh, yeah, I mean, is, is that a, big portion like is no 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 no. it's large amount of folks or are they just loud it's a good amount of folks it's more folks than it should be uh but they are just loud we know where Uh, colby stands there it is right there i got it out of him yeah i'm a a good attorney i am indeed catholic and submit to the pope (laughs) even though i might not like the pope as far as popes go as you know just his hot take and stuff like that he is definitely the Pope, the Vicar of Christ. and You don't like and, the Twitter Pope? <laughs> the Twitter Pope. Yeah, the uh, he, he's just got some stuff that uh, that I disagree with, that he just spews on airplanes and stuff like that. And got some hot takes. Colby granted, he, he's been going around Italy recently saying uh, stuff that's really ticked off the secular world as well because some woman some woman brought him a dog and said please bless my baby and the pope said what is wrong with you that's not a baby there are children starving and you're over here trying to make me bless your dog (laughs) and he he said that he said these these young women they they have these dogs and think they're kids and it's ridiculous and it's just like full boomer came out <laughs> it was it was glorious it, that's crazy to me because he just seems such like he seems like such a mild-mannered guy i can't imagine uh that argentinian to, temper came up right there <laughs> is it is that a thing argentinian temper i don't know yeah but uh if so Lionel messi missed it he's a real calm guy but uh <laughs> but like but he, that's really funny that like that was the thing that set him off uh, like <laughs> i thought it was hilarious dog moms like, hey, like that that's his thing. Uh, that was the line he couldn't cross. <laughs> it's him just like rolling through his Instagram one day and he's just like, what, what is this? No. And it, it definitely like he was doing that that morning was just kind of, she called him wrong. And like, he, he saw that on an Instagram feed one day. He's like, Oh, this is ridiculous. And it would have stayed inside if that woman didn't come up to him that day. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, all right. Like I'm done with this. Like, yeah. Oh me. So anyway, uh, we're probably due for another church council. I imagine the next Pope that we have, will open it up and we'll see what happens in the most recent one. I mean, it was Vatican two. So that was the sixties, right? 60. Yeah. 1969, I think is when it ended. So, I mean, think of all the change between just generally between 69 and now, I mean, it, it well, the world has changed a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like the internet, I'd be curious to see if like, I mean, do they put out an agenda? Yeah, they do put out an agenda because the bishops, I mean, they, they got to show up and they got to know what they're talking about and get the research in and all that. So, And that's one of the reasons it takes years 
is they might show up and they're like, we need to address these issues. And they go, okay, well, let's all go back and then we'll yeah, we get a research here. And yeah. Yeah. It'd also be really funny if they didn't. And like, you know, they just show up with like, Hey, Pope called a council and it's uh, like dog moms. All right, guys, <laughs> we yeah. need, a, we need an official church stance. Yeah. I'm tired of this. Well, and it's also to, cause, cause it, for it to be ecumenical, most of the bishops got to show up or at least participate in some way. Mm-hmm. And if the Pope is like, hey, we're going to address dog moms and all the bishops are like, I'm not wasting my time and resources to get to Italy to talk about dog moms. Well, now you don't have an ecumenical council because it's not that big of an issue that matters. So, Oh, it's like it's like, OK, so it's kind of a veto in an, in an, in and of its own right, like just not showing up. Yeah, there there's which seems uh, kind of odd if the Pope is like the supreme leader. Well, and the Pope can press it and be like. Hey, everybody has to show up. This is important. We have to do this. Uh, and, and say, so, so it's, it's give and take, uh, where it comes to it. It's where does the Pope want to flex his power? Where does he not want to flex his power? I'd say what enforcement levers does, does he have? He can remove bishops from their seats. Which seems aggressive. Uh, Right, which yeah. is why a Pope probably would be like, okay, nobody showed up for this. It's probably not that big of a deal throughout the world. Mm. Or he goes, hey, there's a large amount of bishops that are participating in this specific heresy. They didn't show up. Because of that, they're going to be disposed, deposed. So they they would say, okay, these bishops are participating in this heresy. We're calling this council to address the heresy and debate it and talk about it. Well, they didn't even want to participate. That means they are you know, that they, they are not going to stand by their words. We're going to depose these mm-hmm. bishops and remove them from their office. So that they're the powers of the Pope and, and the, one of the councils defined the powers of the Pope. So we'll uh, kind mm. of through that too. You know, besides like the ultimate power of God. Right. So, so it, it was, okay. What powers did Jesus give Peter? And what, what does that mean for the administrative part of the church? They, as well? they Like they didn't try to like, you know, uh, do the, um, the spiritual powers are like, all right, guys, we don't have to list levitation. All right. Like, <laughs> well, the other thing too is we know he can turn light bulbs off with his mind, but, uh, yeah. but like he, he has to follow Robert's rules of order. <laughs> that There's also the, I, a, a lot of these councils too. It's, Hey, this has been common Christian doctrine for 800 years. Let's and lock nobody, it down. And nobody's really questioned it. Well, but now somebody's starting to question it and some heresies are spinning off, but we need to really define what this means. And uh, so sometimes they'll have a council and it's, you know, 1200 years later and they're like, hey, this is still the teaching. These people who thought they were deep and the, the original Reddit philosopher, if you will, uh, back in the day was like, what if God was pudding? And they're like, Nobody's ever thought that. We're going to put it on paper and say no. <laughs> Guys, so. we still have uh, something on the books here that says, like, the Vikings are going straight to hell regardless <laughs> of, uh, yeah, I mean, we probably need to change that, right? Yeah. And, and it does. There are some councils that deal with, hey, we've we've uh, put a, a censure on this entire nation. Should <laughs> we keep the censure on this nation or do we need to backtrack? <laughs> so there's There's stuff like that, but... Let's get into them. So the first one, uh, the first ecumenical council was in 325, called by Pope Sylvester I, as well as Emperor Constantine. Uh, and the it was name called- Sylvester is, you said it was, what, 325? 325. Uh, 
Dame Sylvester is a lot older than I thought. Yep. You thought it originated with Coach Croom from Mississippi State in 2004. No, but like honestly, if you told me if it, if it was like you know the early early 20th century, like yeah, I, 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 agree, I but yeah, it's 325 was the first Sylvester, Pope Sylvester. Huh. All right. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Side note. I'm already I'm already distracted. <laughs> Go for it. So uh, at this point, Arius uh, was gaining popularity, and uh, Arius had this idea that uh, changed challenged the mainstream idea of what Jesus nature was. He was saying that Jesus's nature was distinctly human without being fully consubstantial with God, the father. So that he was, Jesus was human and then maybe became God later, but, but that was how it went. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the bishops and priests that were in the Eastern part of the church, they were following him and that was starting to become a problem. Uh, It wasn't fully embraced, but it was something they needed to, uh, to address and Constantine being the first emperor that uh, allowed Christianity. Mm-hmm. He did see this split in the Christian churches as a threat to his power as well, so that the empire might split. So a lot of these councils also had political implications because used to the church and uh, the crown were always very integrated. So uh, Constantine was like, look, Pope, we got to get this council going. The Pope said, yeah, I agree. We need to address this. Uh, so they, they got together. Uh, the Bishop of Alexandria, who was ironically named Bishop Alexander. Wow. Uh, he was the one who was... Talk about of, nominative determinism. He was kind of the one who was uh, uh, Constantine's ear that was saying, hey, this is a big deal. Push it to the Pope. Push it to the Pope. Uh, mm-hmm. And at that council, they uh, condemned Arianism. They said that Christ uh, was fully divine. Are you are you saying Arianism like like, like the Nazi, ideas like Nazi Arian? No, Arianism. As, <laughs> like, see, that's the other killer. Whenever you get into Catholic terms, is Arianism has been a term since three twenty five, <laughs> and, and Arian being A R I A N. Okay, gotcha. Okay, yeah. yeah so no. those who follow with the ideas of Arius. Uh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So they. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like wow, we've been having these kind of problems for oh, a while man. now. Oh man, we got we got to <laughs> rebrand, guys. Like we got to. <laughs> yeah. So it, it it did uh it did condemn Arianism. It defined the uh, consubstantiality with the Father, meaning that Jesus and the Father were one. Uh, mm-hmm. It fixed the date for Easter, so the date of Easter was the same every year. Uh, and it also began the forming the Nicene. Uh, creed. Yeah, consubstantial with the Father. Right. Through him all things so, were made. <laughs> so the, in our salvation. <laughs> the, the fun fact on this council too is this is also the council where legend has it that Santa Claus punched Arius in the face. St. Nicholas? St. Nicholas. Huh. He, uh, he was sick of Arius spewing heresy and got up and punched him right in the face. Good old St. Nick. St. Nick, he came to give out candy and toys and punch heretics, and he's all out of candy and toys. Damn it. I was going to make that joke. <laughs> Good. I need to I need to do a deep dive on, on the actual St. Nicholas, because like, I feel it, because a big part of his story, I don't think a lot of people understand, but I, I and I'm, this is off the dome, but I, I think he likes it. His whole thing was like he saved 
like he paid the dowries of some some young girls so they didn't have to go into prostitution or something like that. And then he did, like he did do save some, some kids mm-hmm. that were killed and put in the pickle barrels or yeah, it's he, something it's something he did very stuff odd. Like that. The the main things that he is known for is he would dress in street clothes in the middle of the night and kids who'd left their uh socks or their their shoes outside to dry he would go drop gold coins in them in the poor neighborhoods that was his biggest acts of charity and that's the words of the stocking huh yep that's the and origin. i did not know that in the slightest yeah any any of the secular secular traditions that are around christian holidays typically are have their basis with one of the saints like that but well, well yeah i know it's saint nick like i mean Right, right, but I mean the actual tradition of stockings and oh yeah, and, oh yeah, and stuff mm-hmm. like that that comes to that eight Easter eggs, different things like that. Candy canes. Mm-hmm. Really? Oh, Shep- shepherd's crook. Shepherd's uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So anyway, that was the first council. The second council was the first council of Constantinople, or at the time they called it just the the Council of Constantinople because it was just the first one. Mm-hmm. So it was in <laughs> yeah no. It was in three. Would you time travel back, uh, back, <laughs> back to the the nineteen twenties? You were like, yeah, no, it's a, yeah, the the World War One. That was hell, wasn't it? And they're like, World War One. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like, Constant, you mean the Great War, War, right? <laughs> yeah. Constantinople won. Uh, they needed more clarification on uh, the Nicene Creed, and Arianism was still kind of keeping its head around. So they really needed to squash it. Uh, and Emperor Theodosius. And Arianism was not wasn't defeated until 1945. <laughs> so Theodosius, he he was more orthodox and was like really wanting to make sure that the church was in line with what Jesus intended. Uh, so he was the one who really pushed along with Bishop Gregory of Constantinople uh, for this council. Uh, the decisions made of this is they recondemned Arianism uh, and they condemned. Macedonianism, and that what? whoa, whoa, whoa. You, you can't walk past that one. What? Well, that, that's what it. What it was is it denied the divinity of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> what? So, what so, a weird way to say that. Like it's a whole. It's a region of Greece. Like, right. so, which I don't. I didn't go deep into it, but I'm assuming that that was a heresy that was prevalent in Macedonia and the Macedonian Church at the time. It's like see. It's like saying we condemn Sicilianism. <laughs> like, like, it doesn't give it like at least some things. Look, like give, we're getting give, rid like, of Arianism. We're getting rid of Macedonianism. <laughs> Only Italianism is is the way to go. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, that we deal with the Celts when we find them. Gosh, we're talking about branding issues for movements. I mean, Arianism and Macedonianism. Normally, you have like a root word to be like, oh, okay, like like geol like uh. Yeah, whatever. I mean, shit, racism. Like, okay, it is something dealing with race. All we have information by the name is just like it deals with Macedonia. <laughs> like, horrible branding on these two two uh, organizations here. Yeah, well, in their defense, they had first claim in the year three eighty one to these terms. I, I mean, I'll tell them when I die. <laughs> it didn't play out well. Colby, Colby, don't don't throw your like hard logic into the the wild hypotheticals <laughs> that I'm bad. putting out here. So, council number three 
We uh, convened in Ephesus. This was called by Pope uh, Celestine, 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 C-E-L-E-S-T-I-N-E. Celestine? Celestine. Celestine. Uh, And Emperor Theodosius II. It was called because the uh, Archbishop of Constantinople, known as Nestorius, he was teaching the heresy that uh, said that there were two separate persons of Jesus, that there was one mm. human and one divine. Uh, this was also the first time somebody challenged uh, Mary's importance. He said that Mary should be oh, called. What was the, it was the council of what? Ephesus, number three. Oh, oh gotcha. Yeah. So uh, this was, and in 431. So, so he was saying that Mary should be called, uh, should not be Theotokos, which means mother of God. Uh, but mm-hmm. instead be Christo, Christo, Christokos, uh, which uh, is mother of Christ. Oh my, we, we are like on, we're on a streak of like five episodes of you having to say Greek words. Yeah. I'm I think I it. did decent with those though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, this also was threatening, uh, unity throughout the uh, Roman empire, which is why Emperor Theodosius the second, he was the Eastern Roman emperor, uh, wanted to make sure there was no split. And uh, one of the church fathers then, Cyril, different from the Pope that we had talked about last time, Mm -hmm. uh, he was the one who challenged Nestorius, uh, and they decided to do the council in Ephesus because it was part of the Diocese of Constantinople, and there'd be a chance to really hone in on the place where it was really coming to light. So they condemned Nestatorianism Mm -hmm. uh, and defined that Mary is indeed the mother of God, or the Theotokos, and that's a, a doctrine. I'm, that's... And, I'm lo- and I'm looking at uh, now. I'm looking at, uh, of course, you know, as I sit here and fact check you on some stuff, uh, as I do in my split screen. But yeah, now as I'm looking at uh, Theotokos, and then uh, Christokos, is I'm going to pronounce them like a Southern man. Honestly, you can you probably could because <laughs> I mean, that's normally how I would I would say them, but. Uh, but yeah, I think that's closer to the Greek. <laughs> uh, this council also condemned Pelagianism, which held that a man could earn his own salvation through his own natural powers. Uh, so it said you need God to get salvation. Is that like a good de- like deeds versus belief versus works? What what am I thinking? Yeah, of? So so what it what it condemned there is that a man can get to heaven solely on his works. Okay, so like wow, that was. That was established relatively early. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and that's one thing to note here, too. So the the Eastern Orthodox churches, they recognized the first seven councils. Uh, There was no schism uh, before those seven councils, so they recognized those. Uh, Protestants, especially evangelicals, they don't necessarily recognize uh, any of the councils. They take some stuff from the councils, such as uh, condemning Pelagianism. But uh, Nestorianism is prevalent in evangelical churches today where it says Mary's not the mother of God, she is the mother of Christ. So there's a, a, a part of that that comes out as well. Mm. Okay. Yeah, no. Yeah. Had so a the, few questions, but I'm not going to interrupt the flow of the episode. Do you think? So uh, number four uh, uh, cal- uh, was the Council of uh, Chalcedon. C-H-A-L-C-E-D-O-N. I'm sure I butchered that pronunciation because um, I've never heard of this place before. Hold on. Uh, Chalcedon? Chal- Chal- 
I mean, it it is spelled Chalcedon, but uh, where is it? Uh, it is where where was it? Yeah, where was it? I guess. Uh, let's see. It was in Chalcedon. Oh, uh, good, good. But it, it modern day, uh, modern day uh, Istanbul. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So that a was lot called... of, a lot of these, like a lot, like the more and more we do this podcast, the more I'm learning how much of the origins of the church Are didn't happen. Well, didn't happen really where we, you know, because in my mind, I think of like, you know, the origin of the church, uh, not origin of the church, but like the center of the church being Rome. Um, mm-hmm. But if you think, I mean, obviously like that really didn't roll around. Like, I mean, did I'm trying to think. Yeah, no, because it came on the, the it, Christianity came on pretty much on the end of Roman power, mm-hmm. um, kind of towards the tail end. Um, but like a lot of early Christian history straight up happens in like Turkey and Syria. Yeah. Like where all the Which Christians like moved out sense. of Israel, they kind of moved up. Yeah. They moved north a little bit and kind of moved around the, the Mediterranean. But like a lot of this happens straight up just in Turkey. Yeah. And if you think about it too, St. Paul was the most successful really, as far as evangelizing and gaining mm. people into the church. If you kind of follow his trail and mm. Greece and Turkey. Yeah. That, that not only is that going to be a hotbed for a lot of Christians, but it's also far away from Rome and the actual power center, I guess mm-hmm. of the church. So they're going to be more, questioning of ideas and uh and trying to think things out without the whole church behind them because all the apostles are kind of in the roman area so it it makes sense for the first councils to be in nicaea and constantinople and ephesus and and uh chalcedon and these places where they need to get some clarification from the whole church because they're also you know and this is just me spitballing here too is Greek, if you think of them historically, are known as being great thinkers. So, I mean, that that's a place, too, where they're going to be more philosophical with their things instead of peasants going, all right, they said it was good, so this yeah. is what it is. I'm trying so hard not to channel my inner father-in-law. Like, <laughs> of course, the Greeks were great thinkers. We were the origin of civilization. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I can I can hear his voice right now and now it would spark an hour-long conversation <laughs> so so the fourth council in chalcedon was uh called because there was a heresy of mono uh monophysite monophysitism monophysitism yeah mm, you gotta uh, use so, two fists yes so they uh uh this was kind of a hard reaction against uh the third council in ephesus where there was a robber council is what it was referred to because they had a council without the Pope specifically without the Pope. Oh, uh, and they tried to, uh, deny Ephesus claim on Jesus's person. So it's still a little Hmm. Nestorianism. Uh, but this denied, it kind of went into the opposite extreme. Instead of saying there's two separate persons, one human, one divine, what monophysitism said is there's no human nature. It is a human divine combined nature. So hmm. the, the church has clarified that Jesus was fully human and fully divine. Uh, it wasn't half and half. It was 
you know, and that's one of the mysteries of, of Christ, but that was something that popped up then. So they had to deal with that and, and they condemned it. Mm -hmm. And as we go along here, I'm kind of following along here, but I essentially pop on this Wikipedia page, but I'm going to give you, I'm going to fill in the stats that you're not including. Um, because weirdly have some on this page, but it's uh, each one. It's like we have attendance. I'm going to fill in attendance and how long the thing lasted. Okay. So for the council of Chalcedon here. uh, So it was short. It was uh, essentially about 22 days. Yeah. Uh, So these early councils too, they didn't last years and years. Yeah. No, because if you think about it too, you couldn't say, Hey, travel back here in two years. And so yeah. yeah, so it was about 22 days, and it was attended by about 500 people. Which is pretty Which, good. I mean, I mean, what think, kind of what kind of event space did Turkey have <laughs> at this? Uh, did Istanbul have at this time? Well, it was Constantinople at the time, but like, what? I mean, they didn't rent out a conference center. I think they had a well. Obviously, they had a giant cathedral somewhere that they could all convene in. I don't know. These are the early ones. I'm I'm just still seeing like a bunch of sweaty dudes huddled in a basement, <laughs> like basement of a casino. Yeah, no, it's uh, gosh, what what um, what am I? Uh, some negotiate historically significant negotiation where essentially like they stuck a bunch of dudes in a room and made it really uncomfortable. But like, guys, we're going to come to an agreement. None oh yeah, you none we of you can that. leave. That, like that was when they were electing some pope. They were like, y'all are going to pick a pope. Yeah, you're going to do it. Like, <laughs> they took it's, off it's, the roof. and Yeah, it's said, really going to suck. Yeah. Like, yeah. That, that, that's how, I mean, because, I mean, gosh. Imagine, you know, it's hard enough putting together. Imagine, like, okay, planning your wedding. Yeah. But do it for, like, one, you know, early church. But, like, do it for, you know, double that. And everyone has to get there by boat. Yeah. It's also like you show up. There's only an inn with 20 rooms in it or something like that. Hey, I'm saying. who's like, going to take in these bishops when they show up? Who there's no event host? space. Yeah. Yeah. So modern, modern solutions. Okay. So the next, uh, next council was the second council of Constantinople. Mm-hmm. This was in 553 by Pope uh, Vigilius and Emperor Justinian the first. And that, it was is called that, is that the big Justinian? The one we know? I believe so, yes. Five, he was five twenty seven to five sixty five. Ah, I don't know. This was called because there was the three chapters controversy. Mm. And, and this ref- one lasted about a month as well. Yeah, so this one was a, one of the easier ones. Uh, it referred to some theological writings from some 5th and 6th century theologians uh, that were seen by the bishops as undermining the previous council at Chal- uh, Chalcedon. Uh, Pope Vigilus, he actually didn't want to hold the council uh, and was compelled by Emperor Justinian to participate for that one. Uh, he, What the Pope wanted to do at that point, he was just like, let's just ignore this and brush it off as heretical. It's not that big of a deal. We don't need to really even address it. Uh, but the emperor insisted and was like, no, we need to have this council. So he's like, okay, that's fine. And whenever he got to the council, he's like, actually, this probably was a good idea. It could have been really bad. So that was what happened out of there is they condemned uh, the three chapters. And in 680, which this is 
uh, notable because this was the between the Chalcedon and the Constantinople too. There was a hundred and two years. Now we've gotten to hundred and thirty year gap because uh, this was six eighty by Pope uh, Agatho and Emperor Constantine the fourth. Mm-hmm. And this is the third Council of sixth. Constantinople. Uh, yeah, third Council of Constantinople the sixth uh, overall. So okay. Good. Yeah, I'm sitting here. I'm I'm looking here. Yeah, now apparently about 300 people showed up, but uh, I think this one ran longer. How long did this one run? Uh, pope Agatha was only pope for three years, so it couldn't have been. Well, it's saying years. it's saying it's a year, like six six eighty to six eighty one, uh, but I don't know the specific date. So about a year. Okay, this, I mean it's, but you can kind of see a a theme. They're starting to pick up pick up length. Yeah. So this one uh, had the monothelitism controversy pop up. This was the idea that asserted that Jesus Christ had two two natures, divine and human, so they were all on board with that finally, uh, but only one will. So this was trying to find a compromise between that. And what I like about these councils is it's like, hey, this is actually something we should debate and figure out and understand about who Christ is instead of like, nope, these guys are acting like a bunch of jackasses and we need to get it cut out. I do love that it took like 700 years to to like iron these out. Because you can kind of see like, I don't know, just hearing you speak it, it's like you can kind of see where the folks were getting a little wild with the stuff the church hadn't said. Yeah. Uh, and so, like, it took 700 years to, like, iron these kind of things out. Because like, it'd be like, they would have a council, and the next time, they're going to be like, well, Jesus had three legs. Like, yeah. the church hadn't said that it didn't. Like, yeah. <laughs> But, like, you know, at that level, that it's definitely folks coming out and saying, uh, well, the church hasn't said it, so therefore, yeah. And it sparks all this that uh, they have to sit down and be like, oh, uh, okay, let's do this. Yeah. Well, and it it makes sense in a little bit because it's like, oh, nobody's even ever thought about this. So if you take like secular problems today, they hadn't had to really address like transgenderism for until the 20th century. That just wasn't something that popped up. But now it's something that we got to think about and talk about and address. And the church will probably have to address it in the next council and you know, it's, it's nobody's ever questioned something like that before. So that's kind of the idea with these is, oh, Jesus had two natures, but only one will. Okay, well, nobody's ever really thought about that before. Let's talk about it and figure it out. And by the end of it, they condemned that idea that he had, that uh, Christ had two wills. He had his divine will and his, his human will, uh, which makes the kind of idea of, the temptations that he suffered really stuck. We can relate to them as a human being because he had that, that temptation pulled at his human will as well. Mm -hmm. Um, sorry, I'm having a thought here, uh, with, you know, you know, we're just saying these dates, like they're like, Oh yeah, no, it lasted a few years, but I mean, in, in the historical context, but like they're starting to get longer. And we know that Vatican II was, you know, several years uh it just seems so odd to me like i like i can't imagine a council happening now and it being like you know five 30 days five well no i'm saying like you know i'm saying like years in yeah. the in the sense that like oh they're way back years but like if they happen now 
it would take forever. Yeah. Like it, which I mean, as we're kind of talking to him, it's like, sounds like it would, sounds like there's one on the horizon. Um, I mean, probably I'd put, I'd put my chips on, you know, I'd put a bet down that one happens the next 50 years. Um, Oh, definitely the next 50 years. Oh, well, I know. That's the, why the I said bet, I put the money bet on would it be would the next pope do it or the pope after that? Oh, gotcha. Yeah, no, that's why I said I put money on it because I know it's safe. Uh, but like, but yeah, no, mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's a long ass time. Like, and yeah. how would it be covered today? Yeah, yeah. No, sorry, I'm I'm getting out of yeah because you didn't like, have like the you didn't have the social media and media. You don't media have an instantaneous have, exchange of information. Yeah. But yeah, but like, you know, back to what our you, original point, I do kind of love this right here because it, it's like kind of my bread and butter. It's straight up people finding loopholes and the in the church having to be yes. reactionary and being like, ah, no, no, that's not it. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah and, and pretty much every time the church was reactionary. Yeah. The only times it wasn't was, and we'll get into it more, is, is when it was more crusade time. And we needed to re- rally some support. So I mean, reactionary in a different sense. That's true. <laughs> uh, so that that uh, that condemned that monoth- uh, monothelitism uh, that Christ had, but uh, one will, and said, "Okay, he does have two wills." It censured uh, Pope uh, Heronius the first, who was the Pope before Pope Agatho, uh, for a letter in which he made ambiguous but not infallible statement about the unity of operations in Christ. Mm. Uh, so that is, it's also something that, uh, today's anti-Catholic writers use it as an argument against papal infallibility, uh, infallibility, uh, but the church addressed it even then. They were like, this wasn't infallible that he was talking about and, and was wrong. He was wrong on this stuff. Which to be fair, it does outside looking in, it does kind of appear like it was definitely damage control by the subsequent Oh yeah, but but it was like, it was addressing specifically the monothelitism, and one of the reasons why it was a problem is because the Pope was like, eh, maybe it could be it, but they they addressed it dead on. Yeah, and, and now and ever since that day, there's a policy of the it's the one guy who has to to proofread all of the uh, the papal communications to be like, are you sure? Like, hey, we got we got to be rock solid. Like, yeah. no wishy washy language. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which that person's not doing a great job because Pope Francis, Pope John Paul II, Pope Benedict, all of them did speak in some ambiguous ways throughout. And the again, years. again, the advent because, of uh, advent of modern media. Like, yeah, oh yeah, I, and it's it is because was, they're political figures too, whether they like it or not. Yeah, and, and I mean. Think back to like my bit uh, that I did on the the Shroud of Turin, like like it was I think it was JP 2s um, his statement about it is like it is certainly an image of a man in great pain and suffering. Now JP two I mean chose to believe the uh, that it was valid and real, but like but like his statement was as ambiguous as it could possibly be like it was like this is certainly a very interesting piece of fabric with a man that appears to be suffering with the wounds of christ but didn't say didn't yeah yeah, didn't have anything there yeah so uh so so that is that they have to be uh you know 
careful with their words at different times. So uh, the next pet council that we have is the seventh one. It's the Second Council of Nicaea. This was called in 787 by Pope Hadrian I. So this was coming, this came in because of an iconoclasm controversy. And iconoclasm refers to the opposition uh, to the use and veneration of religious icons, uh, particularly forms of paintings and sculptures. Mm-hmm. This started to gain prominence in the Byzantine Empire. And it drove a lot of religious and political motivations. So the iconoclasts believe that the veneration of icons amounted to idolatry, which we see those, uh, we see those pop up today in evangelical circles as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, And their goal was to remove and destroy every icon from every church and prohibit their use. And the ultimate decision was, okay, this is condemned. uh, And it's a heresy that, says that the use of images constitutes idolatry. So it it said, nope, absolutely not. We're going to stick with icons, veneration. That is not idolatry. That is veneration, and it's a whole different thing. Gotcha. Yeah, no, and uh, what, that happened in 787? Yeah. And uh, for the folks at home, Colby doesn't want me to tell you this, but um, he had to take a break. He had to go run to the little boys' room. So uh, I'm going to freeball off this Wikipedia and kind of give y'all an, an idea of the stuff Colby might not tell you, um, which is mainly like the random facts I'm reading off of Wikipedia and, uh, and you know, not the actual deep part. But um, there are about 308, um, 308 bishops that attended, about 350 in total. Um, it's kind of... I mean, it's actually kind of interesting um, because, I mean, it, it was pretty quick uh, after that second council of Nicaea. It was only 33 years. And, oh, guess what? Colby's back and he's putting on the headphones. And, uh, yeah, so um, I'm just going to take over this podcast now. Um, that was a really good talk. Um, <laughs> did you just say and something we're done. profound? Oh, absolutely I did. Uh <laughs> I let I essentially burned half half your time there uh, saying that uh, I, I got it now, <laughs> and then I said the dates and the length it ran, but uh, but yeah no so I mean back to talking about like the the early things that I guess I didn't realize were issues so early on was the veneration of icons like yeah again seven eighty seven um, again came up pretty quick yeah. Well, and that's always because whenever I'm especially reading about different heresies that were addressed and concluded back in the early church, I'm sitting there thinking, okay, because I went to, uh, we've talked about it before, but I grew up going to a uh, a Christian Christian school, but it was really run by the Presbyterian church. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, I went to a Christian school as well. It meant Protestant. Uh, Yeah, because they're in Mississippi. (laughs) Yeah, because there were what? Oh, gosh, there was. There were six Catholics in the school. Four were brothers, and that from one family, and then me and my sister. Yeah, and the closest uh, for for both of us, the closest Catholic elementary school was thirty minutes for you, an hour for me. Oh, and the closest that. high school was like two hours into the Delta. So it, Catholic high school? I didn't know that. Uh, Greenwood or Greenville? Greenville. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. That's a scoot. 
St. Joe's. So, uh, but anyway, yeah, that going to the Presbyterian school, that was always a big deal uh, that they kind of taught in Bible school. They were like any image of, of a saint or Jesus is not to be venerated. That's a sin. And, and, you know, I was just like, well, this is what Protestants believe and moved on from there. But it, it was, when you get older and you start reading about these early church history, you're like, Oh, they already addressed this long before the Protestant churches popped up. And I just had a thought um, on like, you know, the butterfly effect of some of these decisions, but like essentially this decision allowing the veneration of icons, you know, of yeah. um, In 77 essentially led to the art that we saw in the Renaissance. Yeah. It led to Michelangelo, it led to Bernini, it like it led to Raphael, like because this was explicitly allowed. Yeah. And it's Which also, is crazy as hell to me. I, I there's also the butterfly effect too. This is the last council that the Eastern Orthodox Church uh recognizes as well. And if you oh. know most people don't know a whole lot about the Eastern Orthodox Church, but if you just Google pictures of their churches, they are full of icons that are just gorgeous oh no they're absolutely beautiful yeah like so the, the, not only the western art the eastern art as well is is incredible because of this council nicaea too yeah since since dating my girlfriend and who's like you know family's greek um i've been to a few uh greek orthodox churches and oh my god like yeah. uh, like even the local ones like Honestly, like the tile work, the mosaics, and, and like the colors you use, like it puts a lot of what we saw in Italy to shame. Like, yeah. like it, it's it's certainly not like even the small, small local churches are, I mean, steps above like the uh, just as you're talking about like the the artwork and you know the the craftsmanship are steps above a lot of the Catholic churches I've seen here. Like, yeah, and I wonder I, what I would love to know how they made that happen because you would think the Orthodox church being not like all the bishops are kind of separate uh, in a sense, you would think that they'd have trouble getting the, either the funding or the, the actual uh, coming together and saying, Hey, we're going to send you these icons and stuff versus the Catholic church where there's a, we're still the largest denomination of Christians in the United States. You would think we have also gorgeous churches that were full mm-hmm. of all this artwork and stuff too. So I wonder how that works well, for them. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll pose some hypotheticals here with no base in reality, but like my thought there is, uh, well, two things. One, the Catholic church has, there's a bit, it, there's a lot more of a funding base, but it's, I, I'd like to think it's more, I think it's more widespread. So maybe those same, cool. those resources are spread a little thinner. Yeah. Um, and essentially, it's like, yeah, I mean, I, I know there's some fundraising involved, but I imagine those resources spread a little thinner. Um, and then two. Yeah, because there's like, fifth, if you just think from where I'm sitting, there's probably one to uh, like, even in Mississippi, 12 churches within a 10 mile radius of here. Yeah. And whereas if you, there's one Greek church. Yeah. And if you think about it, like, um, and, and there, I, I don't know much about like the, um, I guess the, what the top of the pyramid does on the, on the uh, Eastern Orthodox side, but it's a, uh, but like one in four hospitals on the planet are run by the Catholic church. Like, right. 
So the, I don't know how diversified those funds are. Um, that's true. And, that's and true. then the second second kind of like leads in, kind of uh, is tied to that is that um, Catholic Catholicism is the largest religion on the planet. There's a certain amount of like, say you have like a community that goes to one church. There's a certain amount of like that community is going to be larger than uh, a smaller church. Like, yeah. So there's well, a certain you... amount of like other people have it. But like if you have and especially since it's, uh, you know, the Greek Orthodox, Eastern Orthodox, what do you want to say? I mean, it's a smaller there's a lot more like, uh, I guess, of a communal identity. Um, so yeah. like say you have a church with 50 members um there's and and it's a big community space i i can see where there's a lot more community involvement and in wanting to say like hey this is we don't have like some rich uh body coming down and handing us this money this is mm -hmm. what the community has to raise and this is built by the community and so they put like a little more soul a little more that beauty into it for lack of a yeah. better term yeah and that that does kind of and i wish catholics have more of a community like that too but if you, if you think about like just even the diocese of jackson it spreads from all the way to the north border of mississippi down to right above hattiesburg so it's like yeah. two-thirds of the state real spread out we have a beautiful cathedral but mm -hmm. it's because the local church being the diocese all you know made sure that we had a beautiful cathedral so we got yeah. one absolutely gorgeous church but yeah the, the one thing i do like about this council um is that a lot of the councils are like, hey, these people are screwing up. We need to address that and fix it. This one is the most apparent of, hey, beauty is coming out of this council, which mm -hmm. all of, you know, the truth is is going to be beautiful, but this is more hands-on of, you got your Michelangelo. Hey, this is the beautiful work of, of artists. Yeah, the more we talk about it, the more I stand by that take. I think this is like, the sole reason why One of the best. we have why we have why we have the works of Michelangelo because if, if this goes the other way, I mean all of those things, all those things we like the iconic works we think of Michelangelo's David, like uh, all of Bernini's sculptures, like all of that is based on like iconography being allowed in yeah. the church. If that doesn't exist. Those things don't exist. Well, and if those things don't exist too, the people inspired to go off and make other great things, that also gets hampered. And, you know, we look at the Catholic Church. It's a great book called uh, How the Catholic Church Built Western Civilization. Which is, gosh, we've put hours and hours of, of content into that exact title. <laughs> How long is that book? Uh, it's, it's medium. It's not huge. Well, they missed a lot, <laughs> but it, but it is, it is, it does show, Hey, uh, a lot of that base is around this second council of Nicaea, which we're probably the, uh, the niche Catholic podcast that really lauds the second council of Nicaea. Cause nobody <laughs> ever talks about that one, but I agree that that was one of the more important ones that this is where we're planting our flag to distinguish yeah. ourselves <laughs> from like the already niche, like, <laughs> The already niche, like Southern Catholic, Southern Catholics, specifically possibly lapsed Catholics, like cradle Catholics, like we're further just subdividing our audience. We're gonna, all right, we're gonna end up with we, we got Ex like pious piglets, 
This is the hill we're dying on. The <laughs> no, second Nicene no. Council was the greatest among them all. Uh, okay, we're not walking past that. So Colby and I have actually discussed. <laughs> so so Colby and I have discussed like what do we call what do we call our listeners? Like what's our nickname? It can't be Pious Piglets. The Pious Piglets. <laughs> Uh, no oh god i think Uh, your sister sent me some suggestions for (laughs) oh can't be uh (laughs) if it's on there i i apologize i doubt she said that one that was that was the first thing she did i can't find the email that came yeah (laughs) well um uh, so anyway my 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 flock my what's a group of piglets called (laughs) Oh, you got to figure that out. Yeah. While you figure that out, we'll move on to council number eight. Constantinople the fourth. This was in 869. The litter. <laughs> All right, well, let's get the litter and learn them something right now. Oh, gosh. So Constantinople the fourth, uh, it was called because of the uh, Foshan. The, four, the fourth council of Constantinople. Yes. It Constantinople the fourth. Yeah, Constantinople IV, same we say Vatican II or something like that. Const- okay, the, gotcha, yeah, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Fourth gotcha. Ca- Council of Constantinople uh, was called because of the Phocian Schism, P-H-O-T-I-A-N. Wait. P-H-O. Oh, Phocian, yeah. Oh, Phocian. Look at that. Uh, and, uh, it was a dispute that arose between uh, Patriarch Phocius of Constantinople and Pope Nicholas I of Rome. Phocius had been appointed as the Patriarch of Constantinople in 858, uh, and he got really powerful. And circumstances surrounding his appointment to that seat were disputed by the Pope. Uh, So Pope Nicholas I deposed Phocius and appointed his own candidate as Patriarch, which led to the schism between the Eastern and the Western churches. Uh, so th- this obviously also had political implications as well, uh, because the emperors did not want to split in in the church because you know the Holy Roman Empire needed to be one thing. Uh, but yeah, this was where and one of the reasons why uh, why the Orthodox Church exists and the Catholic Church exists separately is because of this council right here, Pope mm-hmm. Nicholas the First. And uh, weirdly enough, opposing like- yeah, and weirdly enough, um, so so I was talking about earlier, kind of making the broad statement with no knowledge on like, oh, okay, attendance keeps going up. Um, this was very poorly attended. Yeah, there were like two sessions. The first one had twenty folks there. Yeah, the second had a hundred. Yeah, like it, I can't imagine. I mean, this is getting too deep into it, but it's like, was it? They didn't come because they're, it was so contentious or it might've yeah. been because, cause I, I don't think, I think this might be 869 in this council. I think this might be when the Orthodox church claims that the schism happened, uh, uh, which you can see exactly why they would. We, we yeah. say the final break came in 1054 and, and would, would also say, okay, the documents that came out of this reunified the church and said okay west and east are together but i mean this was obviously the starting point if not the breaking point of the the church's splitting yeah and i'll make the note that um Phocius, uh otius Phocius, um is the romanized version 
of uh, likely the Romanized version of this likely Greek name, which is uh, Thotios. Like, oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. glad you added I, that. I was I afraid know. we weren't going to get the Greek. What the audience? <laughs> You're trying to get the audience? I mean, nothing oh. they definitely want more is in uh, their, their language butchered by a southern accent, but I'm trying here. I've taken ancient Greek courses. Not yes. well. But I took them. Well, do it, do it for the litter. But we all really know you're doing it so that your father-in-law doesn't kill you. Oh, he would love that I'm, I'm, I'm correcting <laughs> you to begin with. So, Fighting uh, for the Greeks. Yeah, exa- exactly. No, <laughs> you, you get credit for trying. <laughs> Indeed. This is extra uh, credit. So number nine, the Ninth Council was the, the first uh, Lateran Council, uh, or as they called it, the Lateran Council. Mm-hmm. Uh, Davis, do you know where Lateran is? The quick scan of the Wikipedia is not helping me. <laughs> You've so been no. there. You've been. Oh, is it in Rome? Yeah, St. John Lateran. Oh, that's the okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so it's in Rome. It was the Lateran Council. Yeah. So uh, St. Because that, that's the Pope's like home church, right? Yeah. That is the, the seat yeah. of the Bishop of Rome. Yeah. So it's not St. Peter's Basilica. It is St. John Lateran. Yeah, Who was no, St. John Lateran? I miss me with that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, What's, who's your best guess? Where did St. John Lateran originate? Rome. Where is he from? St. St. John Lateran actually didn't exist. Dang. What? The, well, okay. Well, uh, all yeah, right. we'll, we'll right. go down this rabbit hole. No, no go for it. Um, no, I'm, I'm switching my gears. What? <laughs> so St. John, John Lateran is named for St. John the Baptist and St. John the Apostle. Lateran was the name of the wealthy family that donated the land and the resources to build the church there. So it got named for the Lateran family and is now known as St. John Lateran. Talk talk about money well spent. Heck yeah. Your name lives on forever. You know, a man dies two deaths. First when he dies, first when he's in the ground, and second when his name is spoken for the last time. Those people live forever. Forever. Holy hell. At Uh, least since uh, the 1100s. Yeah, and uh, I don't know when Lateran Basilica was made, but that that's for another podcast. Uh, And for my portion, the attendance was anywhere between 300 and 1000. And yeah, I can't. I mean, it it was under a year. Yeah, yeah, it was under a year. This was a this was a big one. Uh, It and it was big because it involved a lot of politics, too. This was the investiture controversy. Mm. This was a long-standing conflict between the papacy and the secular rulers, particularly the Holy Roman Emperor, uh, over the imp- appointment and investiture of bishops and abbots. Uh, so the controversy revolved around the question of who had the authority to appoint and invest the officials of the church, whether it was the pope or the emperor. And the council was called to address that issue and seek a resolution for it. So the first round, uh, uh, and and at the same time too, be, the reason they really had to press this issue is because they needed some church discipline and reform of the clergy as well, uh, because there was also simony going on as well, which is the buying and selling of ecclesiastical offices. So that that's where it kind of all got in there. It enforced clerical celibacy, and kind of just told the clergy, y'all got to shape up. So it confirmed uh, that the Pope was in charge of of those things. Uh, And 
said, okay, now is the time that we've got to start being the best men possible when it comes to being the clergy. Sorry. What you got? You're looking David, at my face, da- You're looking at my face right now? Shit-eating grin on his face Yeah, right now. yeah, yeah. No, uh, you, you can tell when I got something, huh? So, uh, so as I'm scrolling down, like, so, so we're starting to get into where these, like what comes out of these, um, these councils are specific canons. Like we talk about the code of canon law. Yeah. Um, and I'm scrolling through some of these canons that came out of these. And so I'm, I'm going to do this for all of them going forward, but, um, it is really funny to me. Because as I'm scanning these, it reminds me a lot of like how laws are written in the United States now. So you think of like, like it's an infrastructure bill and then you actually read it and you're like, there's like a million bucks set aside for like, you know, the subway in Atlanta. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, it, it just stuff like kind of shoved in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently that practice is not unique to the u.s because there's some stuff in here so i'm gonna read you just a few um of course you have the 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 normal ones um like labor canon for lay persons just a summary uh lay persons no matter how pious they may be have no authority to dispose of anything that belongs to the church all right makes sense yeah it makes sense um then you have marriages between blood relatives are forbidden perfect yeah, like, well, like okay, that one in all there. right, they agreed on that one, uh, which probably pissed off the emperors. Here's another one: uh, military persons are forbidden under penalty of uh, essentially shunning um, to invade or forcibly hold the city of Benevento. <laughs> That's so specific. <laughs> and then followed by those excommunicated by one bishop cannot be restored by others. Hmm. Which is that's pretty big. Yeah, that's no, a exactly. that's a pretty big exactly. deal that happened and got slipped under there. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. It's like we're talking about this so high level. It's like you know, I, I hate to like telegraph um, future podcast topics, but I feel like we can do one on each one of these just because, like, yeah, no. Uh, here's another one: counterfeiters of money shall be excommunicated. Nice. Yeah. Robbers yeah. of pilgrims and merchants shall be excommunicated. So th- this is one of those councils where it was almost like a turning point in the church, because yeah. up until this point, you did have emperors that even if they weren't like the best Christians possible, they still saw it as part of their responsibility to make sure the church stayed intact and that everything was, you know, running smoothly and that we were living a virtuous life. This is when you're like, Hey, uh, the emperors are trying to gain as much power as possible. The Pope's trying to maintain as much power as possible and people are buying Bishop seats. Mm-hmm. And, and that so, is, uh, that, that you mention uh, that that is uh, the act of selling church sim- offices or roles. Simony. 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 Yeah, yeah. No, that's uh, named after Simus Magnus in the acts of the apostles. Cause he offered, uh, two disciples of Jesus payment in exchange for them empowering him to impart the power of the Holy spirit. Oh, that, that I man, didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, that man was an enterprising dude. <laughs> You're like, guys, listen, I'll, I'll pay y'all some money. Like yeah. hit me with it. Yeah. That the other thing that's notable here is, Hey, this was a problem because everybody always goes, well, there were so many problems with the church. Okay. Yes. There absolutely were. That's a big 
freaking deal of people buying their their seats in the bishops. It was addressed. The church can't turn on a swivel and be there. The Pope can't call up. Everybody's like, y'all cut it out. Uh, I mean, he can, but then if they keep doing it, we have to have some sort of formal way to actually resolve the issue. So the church will resolve these issues. It just because it's not on the timeline somebody thinks it should be on doesn't mean that the church didn't care about those issues. That was a big deal to the church. They called a council about it mm-hmm. to make sure that it was all clear. So that that's another thing there is, yeah, the church was not doing what it was supposed to do, but the church addressed that and says, this was not the right thing and we're not supposed to do it. Yeah. Uh, and also, I mean, not to hang up on this and we can move to the next, but like final canon thing that I'm scrolling through this, this one actually was a serious one. Uh, <clears throat> clerics and major orders may not marry and marriages already contracted must be dissolved. I didn't know that part. I didn't yeah. know the dissolving part. So I did mention the, the, so the actual text of celibacy, it, but so that was the summary, but the actual text of it is this. Uh, we absolutely forbid priests, deacons, subdeacons, and monks to have concubines or to contract marriage. We decree in accordance with the definitions of the sacred canons that marriages already contracted by such persons must be dissolved and that the persons be condemned to do penance. Okay, so so that, just you reading that, and I don't know for sure, but it sounds like already priestly celibacy was a thing, and what it was saying was, y'all that got married, y'all didn't actually get married. That's not a marriage, or something. Yeah. That, that, that or like, you know, it's like, I'm not, we're not married. I'm just yeah. going down to the brothel. Yeah, so, like, so it's not I'm like... I'm a customer, like... <laughs> Yeah, so it doesn't sound like, hey, there was these two loving people and the priest and the wife were there. They'd been together for 50 years and out of nowhere, the Pope said, nope, y'all aren't married anymore. Dissolve the marriage. So it's not that. It's more in line with the Mm -hmm. get out of the brothel. Interesting. Yeah. I, and I, I don't I don't know for that for sure. I just assuming from the way from what you just read right there, that sounds more like it. Yeah. All right. So uh, that was the first Lateran Council in 1123, and they needed to turn around and have another one in 1139. And this attended was by a thousand people. The second Lateran Council, because uh, there's a lot of turmoil going over there. They had a papal election controversy after the death of Pope on, uh, Honor, Honorius the uh, in 1130. Uh, and there were two rival claimants to the papacy. It was Innocent II and uh, Anacletus II. And obviously a schism comes with that. The church was split on who's, which pope are you following. Uh, and it ended the papal schism by declaring, hey, Anacletus is the antipope. It reaffirmed the baptism of infants. Uh, it reaffirmed the sacramental nature of the priesthood and marriage and the Eucharist against medieval heretics. And it decreed holy orders is an impediment to marriage, making the attempted marriage of a priest invalid. So if a priest tries to get married now, they can't. So yeah, it, 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 it it's reaffirming what we said right. previously in the second council. Yeah. <clears throat> right. So so now it's at that point it was dissolved these sham marriages. Now it's it, it, it's already dissolved. You don't even have to worry about it. It's not a marriage whenever it happens. So it uh, the the other thing that. All I took note of here was the it reaffirmed the baptism of infants. So that was a questionable thing, too, that was happening. And this was 1139. And they said, yes, we need to baptize infants. They deserve baptism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and and another thing, I'm sitting here reading 
to try to catch up my mind, but um, it reaffirmed uh, the truce of God uh, from the second letter in council. Um, and I don't know if you're familiar with that term, like the, the truce of God, truce of God. Yeah. Truce. T R U C E. So, so I know it is Pax day uh, in Latin, but it's, a, it, yes. So it was, it was a, and I'm, I'm, like I said, I was trying to refresh my memory, but it's essentially like the biggest peacetime movement of mm. like all the warring that happened, like in the early middle ages and stuff. And um, like, it was the biggest like peace step towards peace um, that had ever happened at that point. But essentially it was like, you won't kill women and children. You won't kill non-combatants. That was part um, of Lateran you can't, too. You can't fight on Sundays. Like, no. Uh, yeah, like you, sh like essentially, you can't. Um, it was like the piece of God, you can't kill non combatants, you can't kill, uh, essentially raise and salt, uh, like the agriculture, um, because so much of it was, uh, like it was an agronomy based, uh, mm -hmm. thing, but, um, but yeah, no, uh, but that was established in, in Lateran 2 and reaffirmed in Lateran 3. Lateran three? Are we in three? Yeah, we're we're going yeah. to three now. It's, yeah, yeah. That, that's the eleventh uh, one. Sorry, and that does make sense because it Sorry, is. It was, a in, time... it was in. It was first established in Lateran one, and then and Lateran two reaffirmed. Yeah, yeah. So that 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 is getting us into this time period where okay, the Holy, Holy Roman Empire Empire is not it anymore. The mm -hmm. the Christian nations are separate. There's also two separate churches uh, with the Eastern Church and the Western Church as far as the Orthodox and the Catholic Church. So now uh, the the investiture controversy came back up and it needed to also address the ongoing crusades and kind of rally support and resources for them while bringing peace among the Christian rulers. So that that was the other thing, too, is, hey, are we going to band together when we're being attacked or do we, you know, die because we're all separated so that's kind of what it, and it also was another time of priests were still getting sloppy and had a lot of abuse and was trying to kind of straighten that up so how many people attended this one davis the third lateran mm -hmm. 302 yeah so uh the decisions that were in this one is it regulated papal elections by requiring a two-thirds vote of the cardinals and we talked about, uh, you know, why they had to do that. This was when the Pope, they just would not elect a Pope. Uh, so it kind of formalized that. It uh, condemned uh, Walden, Waldensianism and Albigianism, a form of Machiavellianism. Uh, again, is, we just need a rebrand. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this was uh, an ancient heresy that held that matter itself is evil. Uh, and Albigenians opposed the authority of the state and of the church. They were the, the anarchist, I guess, of the, the time. Uh, it opposed the sacrament of matrimony, and it practiced ritual suicide. Uh, so despite these tenets, huh. many anti-Catholics believe uh, Albigenianism was a continuation of the real Christianity during the Middle Ages and the forerunner of, it was kind of a forerunner of Protestantism. Uh, so, so it does have hints of that. Obviously, Protestants aren't practicing ritual suicide, but it it was at the at the time this was starting to plant the seeds to say uh, that's not real Christianity. Real Christianity practices this, this, and this. Mm -hmm. And other some other fun canons that came out of it. Uh, 
forbade the charging of money to conduct burials, bless a marriage, or the celebration of any other sacraments. Hmm. Which was interesting. It cost uh, me a thousand bucks to get married at the cathedral. Yeah, I was about to make that. <laughs> you know, only, you know, it only costs like fifteen hundred bucks to get married at the Vatican. Really? I believe yeah. it. It typically the wait so, times only like a year. So, in defense of uh, of of that too, it costs you nothing if you go get married at your parish. If you get married at the parish, they might say, "Hey, we would love a donation of twelve hundred dollars." But if if it's your parish, uh, it it won't cost you anything. You mm-hmm. get the sacrament. the The priests are there to perform the sacraments. Now, you might not necessarily get the decorated church and all the that party jazz. And yeah, yeah, no, you might get shoved in there on a Tuesday. But, yeah, like, but, yeah. But if I asked, uh, so so I got married. My wife was from the Jackson area. I grew up in the Starville area. I could have gotten married at the Starville Church for no cost, but I wanted her family to be there. And my family moved to Jackson too. And the cathedral was very pretty compared to other churches around us. So I said, Oh, we'll pay $1,500, but a priest cannot charge you to go to mass or to get a baptism or to mm-hmm. marry you, to give you the sacraments. So and that, that this originated here, or at least at, at least uh, three. Yeah. was put into law here. Um, let's see. Uh, another fun one. Uh, for forbidding clerics to have women in their houses or to visit the monasteries of nuns without a good reason. Oh, very um, good. that's good. <laughs> yep. Uh, the problems see. of today are not new. <laughs> folks. Mm-hmm. This is always been a problem. Is... It declared that uh priests who engaged in sodomy. Um, so, so specifically, they didn't say sodomy. They specifically said that a natural vice for which the wrath of God came down on the sons of disobedience and destroyed the five cities with fire. Yeah. Which apparently is sodomy. sodomy. Okay. Yeah. According Sodom, to, according, Sodom Gomorrah. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that, yeah. They should be deposed from clerical office um, and required to do penance while laymen should be excommunicated. So a bit of a double standard there. Um, well, it, it is a, it is going to be a double standard cause you'll see the last three councils. It's a two strike rule for the, cl- the clergy. Like, no, no, no. The, the clergy had to do two things. They were r- removed of their clericalism and also. Oh, and do penance. Penance. Yeah. That makes sense. Whereas it's only excommunication for the, the layman. So, so yeah. it is one of those things that it's building on each other. The last three councils, one of the reasons they called them is, Hey, the clergy is acting a fool and we need to get that cleaned up and it's still not clean by this point. So so that is one of the reasons why there is such a hard and fast say, Hey, clergy, you're going to get double punished because of this. And, uh, and penance back in the day too, is not like, you know, now if you go to confession, Hey, it's going to be three Hail Marys. Back uh, then it could have been like, you've got to make a trek to, uh, Rome on bare feet and, grovel before the you know something like that <laughs> you know and uh i think it's like there's two other ones i wanted to share um let's see uh there was a the, another canon that came out of this is uh it uh set forth the proper organization for accommodation for lepers mm. yeah Again, this this just reads like any bill out of congress like yeah. where they just throw in random stuff yeah then we have a uh, one that Canon 25 excommunicated, excommunicated those who engage in usury. Mm. Yeah. Which usury is essentially charging interest. Yeah. So 
Which the, the people tr- don't follow that. That is something too. As someone who's did. about to close on a home loan. I think yeah. that is something too that is going to have to be addressed by Vatican III because that is some big confusion in the church. I mean, I was talking oh, to, really? uh, yeah, because I was talking to uh, my pastor and I was like, hey, because we're, we're starting a finance company as part of our, our dental clinics mm-hmm. to uh, get people to do more dentistry. So I was like, hey, I know usury was condemned by the church. How does why why is this happening so broad scale now and he was like well there's not really a clear black and white definition of that some people have used inflation and how the currency works now is an excuse and stuff like that i said well is it the right church or wrong? promotes the gold standard <laughs> well i was like father is it is it right or wrong am i going to hell if i start this company he was like well the diocese charges the parishes interest on loans that they take out from the diocese so take with that what you will and i was like all right well then i'm not i don't think i'm damning my soul to hell if i am like god it it was too great i didn't understand this it seemed right because the church was doing so i'm sure that will be part of uh vatican three or the council of washington or whatever we decide to have the next church council the council of washington wow yeah no and it, you know you make little comments every now and again that really just cement in my mind the you know the stereotypical image of like the guy who's indecisive and he has like the angel and the soldier on one shoulder and the devil on the other um you say certain things every now and again where i'm like it really just cements in my mind that you were the angel on the shoulder and i'm the devil on the other <laughs> Why? Uh, what did I say then? The fact that you had a, you can, you were like, oh, here's a, here's a really good business thought, like, um, set up this financing company. Obviously, I know you've done the research. Like, there's a market gap here. Um, like, this is something that, like, we could make some money with, help some folks out, start up a business. Um, and then you went immediately. We we're like, God, sorry, sorry, hold, hold on. You had to t- tell the bank, like, hey, hey, sorry, um let me consult the bishop. Like I, I gotta, I gotta do this first. Like the fact that you thought of that beforehand, like that, that thought there, wouldn't even come into my mind. I'm like, so I'm like, there oh is God. no <laughs> amount of money that I could make on this planet that will be worth spending eternity in hell, <laughs> which is a great line. And I get that. Like, and I get that, but I'm saying that the, the, the what I'm drawing reference to is that you had the thought to be like, ah, shit, I got to talk to the bitch first. Like, well, part of it is because I'm researching these uh, <laughs> freaking church councils and learning about church law. And again, it's because like, you know, I honestly think this podcast is worse for my chances of salvation just because I, <laughs> I, I used to have plausible deniability. I don't now. Yeah, like that's right. I like I used to say like ah, man, your butts in mass every Sunday. <laughs> I wasn't aware of that. Like now it's just like they they can they can go to the timestamp. St. Peter's gonna go to the timestamp. You're like, you remember when you know my my disciple gave you knowledge of this and you chose to ignore it? Yeah. Every Sunday I like to think of you laying in bed and it's ten o'clock because you've slept in and you're going, freaking Colby. I have to go to freaking mass today. I either have to get to mass at 1030 or I'm going to have to go at five. And I know I'm not going at five. So do I lay in this bed for another five minutes, miss it 
and be miserable and it's all Kobe's fault. I will never neither confirm nor deny so if yes, that's accurate. That's great. Mm-hmm. Good. And we're we're in an hour thirty. We probably need to cut this off. Like this yeah, definitely well, is this definitely is a two parter. Oh yeah, yeah. Because the because when we get into Vatican II and Council of Trent, we're about to get to Protestant Reformation. We'll we'll mm-hmm. cut it off there. So uh, we just finished with the uh, third Lateran Council. We'll go with the fourth Lateran Council next, and then the episode after we do that it will be one of those where I don't research anything because I know this is heavy research. It's not necessarily fun for everybody but yeah. what i mean i think it's fun i enjoy it we'll see how your hop, sister responds hop in the comments there uh piglets <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah yeah uh, call our us, call our litter of piglets tell, tell us how to shape our content to best serve you <laughs> also, well, yeah. I, also i don't I wanna, I the only people i care about is janice because i hope janice listen oh. janice i hope that you too are in the same position on every Sunday morning and you're going, damn it, Colby and, and getting your butt in mass. This is, I have one audience member and it's Janice. What one audience member, what that I, that I'm talking to. You're speaking to. Oh, okay. And these podcasts, one of them's you, the other one's your sister. I've got two. Oh, there you go. Uh, (laughs) so, so hop in the email there, piglets. Um, (laughs) Yeah, not to let so like you know, Colby speaking to Janice. I'm speaking to everyone else because I don't alienate our listeners. All 15 of you. Yeah, I will say I don't know if you've looked at our analytics lately, um, but you know we have our Honduras listener shout out, um, and we had our Czech Republic. Um, We are currently now we at least have at least one listener, and I'm curious if someone's using a VPN, but uh. Because our analytics currently say we have Canada, Australia, Nigeria, Brazil, Jamaica, and Italy, and India. Nice. Like, oh wow, our audience size has grown. We have twenty-two followers on Spotify. Yeah, that's pretty cool. We're growing. Yeah, the 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 litter's getting bigger. Okay, so I know who the Canadian is. I know. No, I don't know who the Australian is. I do know who the Brazilian is and the Italian. So. Oh, well, okay. You know more people than I do. Cool, Colby. <laughs> oh, you're so neat. I'm uh, part of many, many a uh, Catholic group chat on Twitter. God almighty. That's just, <laughs> God, I'm going straight to hell. Uh, <laughs> well, cool. Well, uh, no, not, not if this podcast can help it. I don't think this podcast is helping me, but that's the point I'm making. Uh, well, all right. Yeah. No, uh, we can cut it off, but, uh, yeah, absolutely. Much appreciated there. Uh, piglets um please give us feedback on that name it no, seems like it not. has it, it seems like it you seems are like it has piglets. legs oh God. you guys are pious piglets from this point forward if you don't like it tough all right yeah well uh <laughs> let's hear from the litter um if y'all uh if y'all have any thoughts uh reach out to us at piouspig at gmail.com all right We'll talk, uh, we'll pick it up next time. Davis, I'll see you later. See you, bro. Peace.